Welcome to Her Story, Ireland's Epic Women, a podcast dedicated to the women that shaped our history. This podcast is brought to you by Underground Films, Epic the Irish Emigration Museum, HerStory.ie and RTE, ahead of our TV series, Her Story, Ireland's Epic Women, and RTE in Spring 2020. This podcast is hosted by Dr. Angela Byrne, with additional storytelling from Tall Tales Podcasts. Fanny's memory and that of her sister Anna has been overshadowed by their brother Charles. But Fanny was a trailblazer in her own right. In her lifetime, her poetry was celebrated by Irish nationalists and her activism helped to bring many Irish and Irish-American women into politics. Her actions didn't meet with universal approval, however, and the Catholic Archbishop of Dublin castigated the Ladies' Land League because, in his words, the organisation induced women to forget the modesty of their sex and the high dignity of their womanhood. More generally, Irish nationalist men didn't concern themselves with women's rights. Fanny was born in a country suffering the ravages of famine, disease and emigration, events that would shape the Fenianism that Fanny supported as a young adult. The 11 Parnell children were educated at home by private governesses and masters until their father's death in 1859. In 1865, at the age of 17, Fanny accompanied her American mother, Delia, to Paris, where they lived with an uncle until 1874. His death prompted Fanny, Anna and Delia to move to the Stewart family estate in New Jersey. Their dependence on extended family support is a stark reminder that even elite women were denied independent incomes in the 19th century. This frustration was reflected in Fanny's poetry. In Poets in the Public Sphere, the Emancipatory Project of American Women's Poetry, Paula Burnett Bennett writes, Trapped thousands of miles from the land she loved and the people whose cause she embraced, Parnell produced awesomely powerful poems that raged against her own disempowerment. One poem, Mother Ireland, reads, Vein of my heart, light of my eyes, pulse of my life, star of my skies, dimmed is thy beauty, sad are thy sighs, fairest and saddest. What shall I do for thee, Ireland, mother? Vain, ah, vain is a woman's prayer, Vain is a woman's hot despair. Naught can she do, naught can she dare. I am a woman, I can do naught for thee, Ireland, mother. Fanny, like Charles and Anna, held ardent nationalist views, developed through independent reading and personal experience. In 1864, her nationalist poetry first appeared under the pen name Aleria, in the Fenian newspaper, The Irish People. Within six months, 12 more of her poems were published. While living in Paris, Fanny had published scathing descriptions of elite social life in a magazine called The American Register. She and Delia, her mother, also volunteered with the American Ambulance during the Franco-Prussian War. And this experience of voluntary service may have prepared Fanny for the work she would later undertake on behalf of the Irish poor. 
In America, Fanny gave full vent to her commitment to Irish nationalism and social justice, at first by volunteering 10 hours a day in the New York headquarters of the Irish Famine Relief Fund. 1879 had seen the fourth successive failure of the potato crop and a lot of suffering back in Ireland. The Ladies' Land League was formed as an offshoot of Michael Davitt's Land League, which was founded in 1879 with the aim of reforming landholding in Ireland, but the League's male membership were disabled by imprisonment. It was thought that a Ladies' Land League would be immune from prosecution. So the Ladies' Land League was established in New York on the 15th of October 1880, with Fanny, her mother Delia and her sister Anna at the helm. Branches quickly sprang up all over the USA and Canada, and Fanny undertook an exhausting lecture tour, raising thousands of dollars for famine relief. In January 1881, the Irish Ladies' Land League was established under Anna's leadership giving Irish women their first opportunity to participate in a political movement. It was a massive undertaking with enormous administrative demands and members endured police harassment. Fanny anticipated Ireland's emancipation from England and her poem Postmortem illustrates that. Shall mine eyes behold thy glory, O my country? Shall mine eyes behold thy glory? Or shall the darkness close around them, ere the sun blaze, break at last upon thy story? When the nations ope for thee, queenly circle, as a sweet new sister hail thee, shall these lips be sealed in callous death and silence, that have known but to bewail thee? Shall the ear be deaf that only loved thy praises, when all men their tribute bring thee? Shall the mouth be clay that sang thee in thy squalor, when all poets' mouths shall sing thee? Ah, the harpings and the salvos and the shoutings of thy exiled sons returning. I should hear, though dead and mouldered, and the grave damps should not chill my bosom's burning. I, the tramp of feet victorious, I should hear them, mid the shamrocks and the Moses, and my heart should toss around the shroud and quiver as a captive dreamer tosses. I should turn and rend this year clothes round me, giant sinews I should borrow, crying, oh my brothers, I have also loved her in her lowliness and sorrow. Let me join with you the jubilant procession. Let me chant with you her story. Then contended, I shall go back to the shamrocks. Now mine eyes have seen her glory. Fanny promoted awareness of the plight of the Irish poor through her writing. Her pamphlet called The Hovels of Ireland, published in 1880, went through several editions with the profits going to famine relief. Her poetry, which was published in newspapers in Ireland, Britain and the USA, harnessed powerful emotive language and was even criticised at the time as being unfeminine. Her best-known poem, called Hold the Harvest, was hailed by Michael Davitt as the Marseillaise of the Irish peasant. Her poetry would make her the heroine of the Land League movement. Despite her early support for Fenianism, in 1879 Fanny advocated peaceful resistance. 
Hold the Harvest appealed to the Irish poor. Now are you men or cattle then, you tillers of the soil? Would you be free or evermore in rich men's service toil? The shadow of the dial hangs dark that points the fatal hour. Now hold your own or branded slaves forever cringe and cower. The serpent's curse upon you lies, you writhe within the dust. You fill your mouths with beggar's will, you grovel for a crust. Your masters set their blood-stained heels upon your shameful heads. Yet they are kind, they leave you still, their ditches for your beds. Oh, by God who made us all, the master and the serf, rise up and swear to hold this day your own green Irish turf. Rise up and plant your feet as men, where now you crawl as slaves, and make your harvest fields your camps, or make of them your graves. Fanny died suddenly and prematurely in her 33rd year. Her funeral procession was witnessed by thousands and her grave in Mount Auburn Cemetery, Massachusetts, was a pilgrimage site for many years. Sadly, the devotion that she and Anna showed to the cause of social justice was still not enough to make Irish men see Irish women as political equals. This show was brought to you by Underground Films, Epic the Irish Emigration Museum, HerStory.ie and RTE. Mixed and produced by Cassie at Tall Tales Podcasts and presented by Dr. Angela Byrne. If you like this story, subscribe for more on iTunes and Spotify and check out our TV series, Her Story, Ireland's Epic Women on RTE in Spring 2020. Her Story's score composed by Scott Marr and Oshin Murray.